0: So we've been talking about God's sovereignty, right? Does everybody remember that? <laughs> Several Sundays. And um, just to kind of go off on a kind of a rabbit's trail, just for two Sundays before Christmas, I'd like to key in on you know what that really means to us. If God's sovereign, what does that mean to us? <clears throat> and how can we benefit from God's sovereignty in our lives? So... The message today is called focus on the yoke. Focus on the yoke. Uh, not the egg yolk, but the yoke, you know, that oxen or other animals might have over them. Focus on the yoke. And I'm going to read you Matthew 11:28, 28, uh, verses 28 and 29. Jesus says this, and this has blessed me so many times. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I'll give you rest. Now does Buddha tell you that come to me (laughs) that's what I love about Keith thank goodness for Keith man he's the only one that gets any of this humor all right you know come to me does Buddha tell you to come to him and I will give you rest does does uh, Allah do that no what what other God out there tells you come to me and I'll give you rest you, and, you know, people say, how do I know if Christianity is the right religion? What about all these other religions? You know, what about what about, you know, Eastern religions? What about Muslims? What about Mormons? What about Jehovah's How can I know the right way? Well, there's several ways that you can figure it out fairly quickly. All right. But this is one of them right here. What God tells you this. What God would tell you, you don't have to prove yourself because I've proven myself to you. What God has told you that, all right? There's many gods in name, but there's only one God in nature whose nature is consistent and portrays himself in love and compassion and power and authority. Only God. And which God is that? The God whose son is Jesus Christ, That's the God that I'm talking about. Just to be very clear, I love it whenever I'm driving and whenever I have to travel, I'm driving in a taxi or an Uber, and you start a conversation with a driver, you know, and all of a sudden you're talking about God, which is the funnest topic in the world. Some people say, don't ever talk about religion or politics. Well, I don't. You're right. I don't talk about politics because that will get people pretty fired up, right? (laughs) But I will go ahead and take the risk and take the plunge And talk about Jesus and so when we're talking about Jesus we're talking about God I have to stop and I say pause now let me tell you which God I'm talking about I'm talking about the God whose son is Jesus Christ just to be super clear about things I used to be a little hesitant about talking about Jesus you can feel the chill in the air when you mention the name Jesus to people can't you it's it just it freezes people up to mention the name Jesus well you know why that is right He's been given the name above all other names. Someday, every knee is going to bow. Every tongue is going to confess, whether they like it or not, whether I like it or not. You know what? I want to do it willingly right here, right now, while I have a chance. Instead of being forced (laughs) to the ground when his majestic presence is revealed. I want to do it now, willingly. I don't want to wait around and waste any time. So, where on earth did I get off on that? He says, come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. There's no other God. There's no other person. There's no other being anywhere that would offer this. Only the Son of God, Jesus. It's just amazing. And so, he goes on, though, in verse 29. He says, take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Well, If Buddha were to tell me to take his yoke upon me, I'm not picking on Buddha today. It's just, we're we're studying. Thank you, Keith. You're making me happy today, all right? We're studying about Buddhism in in youth Sunday school, and so that's kind of fresh on my mind right now. But any other God comes up to me and says, take my yoke upon you, I'd be a little bit nervous. But the, the fact of the matter is, any religion you join, whether it's the religion of God or the religion of man, so atheism included, is gonna put a yoke on you. You're gonna get a yoke, all right? As we've studied the origins of Buddhism, by the way, I'm getting off on all kinds of tangents, but as I've studied the the origins of Buddhism, it came from the yoke of bondage that Hinduism had on people, the caste system, the brutality of subversiveness of certain, just because of the color of their skin. That's what it was and these these Hindus were just tired of this thought that there's just reincarnation back into the same mess over and over again give me something and there was these reformers that came out of that in the Indus Valley that said we can't do this anymore and and one of those reformers was Buddha he came from very very elite uh, family, very well provided he couldn't stand the thought of this and so he went out and went up came under this tree and came up with Buddhism. All right. So let me tell you what, when Jesus says, take my yoke upon you, you want that yoke. It's a good yoke. It gives you rest. It gives you peace. We're going to be under a yoke anyways. All right. If you're greedy, you're going to be under the yoke of money. All right. If you're, if you're a hedonist, you're going to be under the yoke of addiction to to whatever pleasure you're pursuing you're going to take a yoke upon you it may as well be the yoke of jesus so he says take my yoke upon you well what is that talking about that's talking about god's sovereignty that we've been talking about for a month and a half now you can get on the SoundCloud and hear all about it that's what we've been talking about is this yoke of god's sovereignty and he says look at this i am gentle and humble in heart well, I'll take that yoke any of the day, any uh, any day of the week. That's the yoke that I want. If I know my sovereign is going to be humble and gentle with me, oh. <laughs> well, think about it. What boss do you want? Do you want a mean, cruel boss that you pff, you don't want to go to work any any day of the week, or would you choose a boss that's kind and gentle and listens to you? And you walk by his office or her office. Hey, come on in. Sit down. Pff, oh, yeah. Let's talk that's that's the kind of boss i want that's the lord and savior that i want as well by the way i have i work full-time i have the best boss in the world i've had many bosses all right many many good and bad wonderful and terrible and the one that i have right now happens to be the best one i've ever had in my life thank god i can't wait to how, how would you like to get up every monday morning and you can't wait to go to work That's the boat I'm in right now. I hope and pray that you get good bosses as well, right? All right, there you go. I hear people say, oh, man, it's Friday. I'm so happy. Well, Friday's good too, but Monday's awesome as well. So I thank God. That's a blessing to me to have a boss like that. And so anyways, he says, he goes on in verse 29. He says, you will find rest for your souls. One thing is waking up in the morning. Oh, you stretch. You feel good, you know that's a good feeling, but when you have a restful soul, you can be working your head off and be at rest the whole time. Rest for your soul. He says, for my yoke is easy. Today's message is focus on the yoke. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. What a wonderful promise. And so here's what I've been doing. And it took me a while to get here (laughs) for a long time, actually. When things are good, And life is good and things are clipping along and I'm happy and everything. You know what I do in those times? Consciously, intentionally do is I say, God, I give you full control over my life. It's easy to do it when things are going bad. God, save me, help me. (laughs) You know? But when things are good, that's when it's time to take it up another notch and say, God, I give you full control over my life. So that when I hit the valley, because it's coming... (laughs) right? It's peaks and valleys. When, it's, when I hit the valley, I know God is in control because I've given him control. See, when you give God control, he takes control. He takes control. So why not just give it to him? Say, God, here's the keys, all right? And that's what, giving God control over your life, that's what it means to take his yoke upon you. Say, here I am. <laughs> Put your yoke on me because I want your yoke more than any other yoke so listen to this verse here in second in first corinthians seven twenty two, it says for the one who is a slave none of us want to be slaves for the one who is a slave when called to faith in the lord is the lord's freed person similarly the one who's free when he's called is christ's slave christ's slave what is it to take the yoke upon you It's to become a slave to Jesus. It's to become a slave. Because the reality, whether we want to acknowledge it or not, we're a slave to something. We're a slave to something. When you can't control your time, you're a slave to something. When you can't control your thoughts, and those thoughts just keep pounding in your head and like, shut up, right? Get out of my head. I've felt that before. I'm sure everybody's felt that. You're a slave to your thoughts. If you have an addiction you're a slave to that addiction all right I want to be a slave to Christ why as this verse says so that I can be free to be a slave to Christ is to be a freedman is to be a free man a free woman I want that and I'm experiencing that because I am giving God control now there's still areas of my life I'm not there 100%. I don't know what those areas are. If I did, I would do something about them. But I realize as I move along in life, there, oh, there's another part of my life that I haven't opened to Jesus yet that's a mess, and I open it up. So here it is, 1 Corinthians 7.22. You should meditate on this this, this week. To be a slave to Christ is to be free, is to be free. All right? And... Um, the most free place in the whole wide universe is to, is to be a slave of Christ, is to take his yoke upon you, which is easy. He's gentle. He's humble in heart. We've read that already. Ephesians 6.6 6 says, obey them. Now, I didn't give you the verses before this, so you're like, hmm, who's them? Well, it's talking about human authorities, human bosses that we have. It says, obey them. Well, I don't like them. Well, they still need to, need to do what they tell you to do, all right? Obey them, not only to win their favor when their eyes are on you. How many of you have had someone work for you that when you turn your back, oh, they're slacking off, and it was so funny. We were at this restaurant the other week. I think it was about a week ago, and the lady that owns the restaurant also is the chef, and we were guessing that the waiters must have been her maybe Kids, maybe nieces and nephews—I don't know—but the lady walks out of the restaurant. She waves, walks out, and the whole atmosphere in that restaurant went south. I mean, uh, the waiters weren't giving us water anymore. They weren't—you know—they totally messed us around. So, or messed around. They weren't watching. Well, that's what happens. And how are you at work when, when you know, but nobody is watching? are you putting in as much effort as you should be we should be we should be doing it as unto the lord not as unto our personal supervisors give it a hundred and twenty percent all the way through no matter who's watching who's not watching that's what this verse says but then it says but as slaves of christ there's that term again doing the will of god from your heart and I've found that my level of excellence always goes up when I'm doing it for God and not for other people. So do it for God. Do it. When you're typing some boring something on your computer, do it for God. When you're washing those dishes that you hate, do it for God. When you're, when you're mowing, do it for God. When you're vacuuming, saying, God, I'm doing this for you right now. I'm your slave. <laughs> right? Do it for God. And you know what's going to happen? The joy starts coming into your life. And even though you don't really enjoy doing whatever it is, you know what? You get joy in the midst of it because you're doing it for Jesus. You're a slave to Jesus. So here's the benefits that I see of being yoked to Christ, going back to Matthew 11, 28, 29. It says he'll give you rest if you're weary, and it wouldn't be, it won't be burdensome to you. Have you ever felt heavy before? Just heavy, like there's this cloud of whatever over you and you wish you get the sunshine over you again but you're depressed or maybe a little bummed out you know what he says i'm going to take that burden off of you i'm going to take that burden off of you so you can smile have you ever been so paralyzed by a thought that you couldn't even smile you try to smile you can't smile that's happened to me many times you know what god wants to take that burden off of you how do you do that Take Christ's yoke upon you, and the joy will be there. It goes on, he says, Jesus is gentle and humble. We've touched on that. He'll give you rest for your souls. And his yoke is easy, and his burden is light. Praise God. There's no reason to walk around with heaviness and sadness and gloom and despair and fear of threats of this danger, that danger. Go knowing that your, your future is bright in Jesus if you have his yoke upon you, all right, says, so to me, it's very comforting, as I think, I can feel, I'm just pretending now, I'm not really, all right, but I can feel that the smoothness of that yoke over my shoulders, and instead of thinking, oh, I wish I could kick this thing off, I think, this is a comfort to me, and I got this from my 20-year-old son, he said this once, uh, it's a comfort to me to have Jesus's yoke, I know he's close to me then, it's, it's a comfort to me. And I think of Psalms 23, it says, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Your rod and your staff. Now, I always get this backwards. The staff is the one with a hook around it that was super long, and the shepherd would go, and the, the sheep fell off of a little whatever. He could reach down, hook the sheep, hopefully not by its neck, but by its little tummy, you know, and bring it up. And it comforted him. That little sheep would know, hey, that, that staff, no, yeah, that staff is there always. Now the rod, what's that rod for? Well, that's get a spanking. All right, I used to get spankings. Did any of you guys ever get spankings? Nowadays, for some reason, it's illegal to get spankings, all right? I'm sure Keith got spankings. <laughs> all right? That actually, listen to me, that actually comforts me to know that if I go off the wrong path, God's going to let me know I'm going off the wrong path. That's comforting to me. His rod and his staff, therefore his yoke comforts me because it's a protection to me. He's not going to let me get so off the far off the path that I hurt myself. Thank God for that. All right. So, check this out though. We've said that I've said this before and this is an enla- just a wonderful revelation that I heard my dad tell me once. You know, in a in a yoke situation, there's always two, right? There's one animal, and right beside it's another animal. Who is it that's my yoke fellow in this situation? Well, it's Jesus. Jesus is right there beside me. He's not on the cart behind me. He's That's why his yoke is easy and his burden is light is because Jesus is my yoke fellow. He's right there beside me pulling and taking all the weight for me that's just an amazing thought that Jesus is my yoke fellow he's he's not whipping me trying to get me go faster he's right there beside me pulling with me that's just absolutely amazing well if that's the case Jesus is beside me I'm beside Jesus I'm to the left he's to the right his yoke is upon me what is that yoke what is that yoke? Think about it for a second. What, what represents that yoke? I'll tell you. The yoke is the Holy Spirit of God. The yoke is the Holy Spirit of God. It's the Spirit of God that binds me to Jesus. So that I can't get too far off. See, I can't, I don't know, maybe you've seen Jesus. I haven't. I can't see Jesus physically. I can hear him speaking to me. You know, maybe not in my ear, but in my heart. But the Holy Spirit binds me to Jesus so that as Jesus moves, I move. If he slows down, I slow down. If Jesus turns, I turn. Whatever the case is, the Spirit keeps me in line with Jesus. Focus on the yoke. Focus on the Spirit of God. Now, I I think it's a tragedy in many Christian churches that the Holy Spirit is not something that's really mentioned too much. It's not really focused on it. He, I shouldn't say it. The Holy Spirit is a he. It's the third person of the Trinity. He is not focused on very much and, and shied away from. But you know what? The Spirit of God is moving in your mind, in your thoughts, in your heart all the time. All the time. And we need to be sensitive to the yoke of God, to the Spirit of God that binds us to Jesus. Look at this. In Galatians 5.25, it says... Since we live by the Spirit, let us keep in step with the Spirit. And that's what I'm talking about. As Jesus moves, the Spirit moves, we move. Let us keep in step, in a cadence with the Spirit. If the Spirit's moving quickly, let's move quickly. If He says, go talk to so-and-so right now and tell them that I love them, go talk to so-and-so and tell them that I love them. I'll never forget once sitting in a, it seemed like it was a coffee shop or something, but out in front, there's a big window, and I was sitting at a little you know, little bar area with my coffee or whatever it was I was eating or drinking. And out, I saw this man get out of his car and start towards the coffee shop. And I looked up, and I felt the Holy Spirit tell me, tell him that Jesus loves him. Tell him that I love him. Well, of course, you start getting the clammy hands, the nervousness, you're sweating, whatever, you know. And so as he comes towards the door, I think, you know what? I'm not going to wait for him to get in. I'm going to meet him out in front because that's be kind of awkward here. And so I get my coffee real quick. And I, as he's coming in, I'm coming out. And I said, sir, I just wanted to tell you that Jesus loves you. Well, of course, he looked, like, looked at me like I had lobsters coming out of my ears. But it didn't matter. The yoke, the Spirit of God, Jesus is speaking to me. You get out. You do what God tells you to do, Right? that can happen every day of our lives you know shoot a quick email to somebody or or pray a lot of times the spirit of god just says pray for so and so and so you pray for him follow the leading of the holy spirit keep in step with the holy spirit the whole time and and i really liken it you know when when i first started holding hands with my wife it's kind of awkward you're like She moves you know but as you begin to know the person and you know how they walk and you walk all of a sudden you're holding hands and you're just kind of flowing and you're not going down where they're going up you know (laughs) you throw your shoulder out of place but no that's how you are with the spirit of god you flow with the spirit of god and i'm not a dancer but i can imagine as you break up with the world and you stop dancing with the world so to speak You get into the flow with Jesus. You're flowing, you're moving with Jesus, man. Break up with the world. Break up with it. What does that mean? Well, that could mean a host of different things for you, but break the yoke of the world and take on the yoke of Jesus. And as you do, man, you'll begin to flow in the Spirit of God and hear from God and sense God's presence and be with Him and and He with you. So the yoke is the Spirit of God. Now, let me give you another scripture that kind of puts us into perspective. Isaiah 61.1. Listen to this. Think about this. Isaiah says, The Spirit of the Sovereign God is upon me. The Spirit of the Sovereign God is upon me. We've been talking about God's sovereignty. Jesus is there beside you. The Spirit of God yokes you to Jesus. The Spirit of God of the sovereign Lord is upon me. That's that yoke that I'm referring to right now. Or in 1 Corinthians six seventeen, it says, but whoever is united with the Lord is one with him in spirit. It is time, guys, for us to become one with the Spirit of God, one with Christ Jesus, flowing, listening, obeying, doing everything that he tells us to do. Well, there's this word, and it comes from a Greek word, um, it's called paraclete. I didn't say parakeet. I said paraclete, all right? And um, I'm, I'm going to butcher the, the Greek pronunciation for this, but it's pleriketos, I believe. And it it's refers to the paraclete is someone who comes alongside you. Just like we're talking about Jesus coming alongside you the spirit being there with you He comes alongside you for one purpose and one purpose alone to help you To help you the Spirit of God wants to help you and he comes alongside you there to support you He comes there to counsel you He comes there to comfort you. He comes there to intercede for you and it's very similar to uh, if you were in court, and I hope none of us do, but if you ended up in court, somebody was suing you. You have you hire an attorney, and that attorney comes and finds out your side of the story. And when it comes time, your attorney stands up in court, and and gives your testimony about what you're doing and defends you. That's what the Holy Spirit of God does. But he's an attorney that's never lost a case. <laughs> never lost a case. If he defends you, no one can overcome you. Nothing will harm you, the Bible says. Isn't that amazing? The Spirit of God, the paraclete. And so the Holy Spirit, listen to this, is the proof that you need that there's no condemnation against you. There's no condemnation hovering over you. You may have done the worst thing in the world, but the Spirit of God defends you because, His, because Jesus, the Son of God, died for your sins. So let's, with that in mind, let's look at John 14, verses 15. We'll skip a couple and go all the way down to 27. But let's start in John 14, 15. It says, Jesus says, If you love me, keep my commandments. Now, in church, we talk about this, obey God. You've got to obey God, and you do. <laughs> obey God. But you know what's the most important aspect of that? Here's why we obey God. He's our sovereign. He's our sovereign. If he tells us to do something, it's the best thing we could possibly do. If he tells us not to do something, he's trying to protect us. So, yes, obedience is important, but the most important thing is God is sovereign. That's why it says here to keep his commandments. And if I ask the Father in verse 16, he will give you another advocate. And by the way, that word advocate right there is that paraclete. It's that word Parakletos. He'll, he'll give you an advocate to help you and be with you forever. The Holy Spirit is going to be with you Forever. You can take that to the bank. I love that. That means I can talk to God at any point in time. He'll listen to me at any point in time. Anywhere I'm at, God is listening to me and interacting with me. He is with me. He's with me forever. Verse 17, he's referred to as the spirit of truth. Have you ever heard a lie about yourself? You're no good, you know? You failed. You're never going to amount to a hill of beans, You've heard those lies before? Yeah. You you've messed up. You're beyond beyond all hope. That's a lie. The spirit of truth will tell you something totally different. There is hope for you. There is hope for you. There's a good tomorrow is going to be a better day than today is. That's what the spirit of God, he gives you peace. It says, the world cannot accept Him, the Spirit of God, because it neither sees Him nor knows Him, but you know Him. And that tells me we need to get to know the Holy Spirit better. We need to get to know the Holy Spirit better. For He lives with you, and He is in you. He will be in you. That's amazing. He's not just with me. He's inside of me. That's a very huge comfort to me. I will not leave you as orphans. I will come to you. Then you skip down to verse 25 of John 14. It says, all this I have spoken while still with you, but the Advocate, the Holy Spirit, the Paraclete, whom the Father will send in my name, will teach you all things. You know how you know what you know? Because the Spirit of God has been teaching you. That's why. Not because I'm saying something, or my dad, or my mom, or Brother Jimmy, or your Sunday school teacher. You know it because the Spirit of God has been teaching you. And that's the most important thing in the world. You know, the Spirit of God might use me to say 50,000 words, but one word meant something to you. <laughs> you get that reading sheet, I think Hilda said this. I get this reading sheet and it starts me off, but then something catches me and I stay there. You know, that's what the Holy Spirit does. He teaches you. He, he, he gets your attention. He, gets, he captures your imagination. It says he will teach you all things and he will remind you of everything. Now, I tend to want to say, okay, I've learned these 10 lessons. I better write them all down, and I do. I want to write them all down because I don't want to forget it. The good news is if you do forget it, the Holy Spirit is going to remind you. He's going to remind you. uh, My peace I leave you, my peace I give you. What What was the peace? The Holy Spirit himself is your peace. When you feel peace, you're feeling the Spirit of God in your heart and your soul my spirit my peace i leave you my peace i give you i do not give it to you as the world gives do not let your hearts be troubled and do not be afraid when you begin to feel fearless it's because the spirit of god is with you you're under the yoke of christ jesus is beside you the spirit is over you you have nothing to fear that's why in colossians 3 15 it says let the peace of god rule in your hearts let it Let the sovereignty of God come under the the yoke of the Spirit and you will have peace and you won't fear anymore. If you're feeling fearful, it's because you're under some some other kind of yoke. It's not God's yoke. Break that yoke that causes you fear and get under the yoke of the Spirit of God. And you will have peace like you've never had it before. 2 Corinthians 1, 21-22, it says, Now it is God who makes us both uh, you excuse me now it is god who makes both us and you stand firm in christ he anointed us set his seal of ownership on us and put his spirit in our hearts as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come all right what is the seal of ownership of god's ownership over my life it's the holy spirit it's a seal it's a sign it's the deposit indicating that God bought me back from a life of misery, and I am secure right now. So when you start wondering, oh, I'm shaky, I don't know. You know what God told me once? If you're standing on the rock that's not shaking, I want you to stop shaking too. Stop shaking. If, if your foundation is secure, you are secure. Amen. Nothing can steal you out of the hands and the protectiveness of Jesus Christ. All right. So focus on the yoke, the seal, the deposit. Focus on the Holy Spirit because he's with you as evidence that God is never, ever going to let you go. No matter what your boss tells you, no matter what your coworkers tell you, no matter what your body and your infirmity or your, your injuries tell you, no matter what you tell you, God says you're secure. Nothing is going to take you out of his hands. Nothing is going to shake you. Acts 22, excuse me, Acts 2, verses 25 through 26. These have been ones that have just come to me recently, have been blessing me over and over again. It says, I saw the Lord always before me. Well, let me ask you if I wanted to always keep my wife in front of me, what would I have to do? Yeah, that's exactly right. I got to walk behind her. All right, I've got to keep her in front of me. I'm not going to say, hey, Tina, scoot over 11 paces and stay in front of me. No, she's going to say, I'm going wherever I'm going. If you want to see me, just stay you know, behind me, basically. I have set the Lord always before me, is what the Scripture is saying. I've put him there, and if he moves, I'm going to have to turn in order to keep him ever in front of me. All right, so it says, I see the Lord always before me because he is at my right hand as my yoke fellow (laughs) I will never be shaken you don't have to be shaken anymore you can be strong you can be firm you can be sure you can be confident you don't have to be shaken and worried anymore it says therefore my heart will be glad and my tongue rejoices think about it when you're confident you are happy because you know nothing is gonna happen. You're set, you're secure, you're glad. And the last, the last statement says, my body will rest in hope. There's some resting that needs to take place in our souls. Rest in the Lord. Rest because the yoke of Jesus is upon us. All right, so I spend time reading the Bible. Because I'm keeping Jesus out in front of me. That's why I read my Bible. I want to make sure I keep him in front of me. Why do I go to church? I go to church to make sure I keep Jesus in front of me. Why do I pray? I pray because I want to keep Jesus in front of me. That's how I keep Jesus. So you ask, how do I do it? There's three things right there that you can do. Read your Bible, come to church, and pray. You do those things, you're going to keep Jesus in front of you all the time. It's what you call proverbial no-brainer. That's how you do it. Easy peasy. Just do it, right? Don't get distracted. Don't allow anything to to keep you from that. And any other yokes that are upon you, break them. Break them. Look at this. In 2 Corinthians 10, 14, it says, Do not be unequally yoked to unbelievers. Some of us here in this room, we're struggling because we're unequally yoked to the wrong folks. All right? Do I have to work with unbelievers? Yeah. Are they my friends? Absolutely. I treasure them. I love them to death, but they're not my partners. I'm not going to let them influence me. I'm going to influence them. As soon as they begin to influence me, I know I'm unequally yoked, and I need to break that yoke. Break that yoke. All right? It says, don't be unequally yoked with unbelievers. For what partnership does righteousness have with lawlessness? All right? Now I'm a constitutionalist. I want there to be law and order in my country. I don't want people egging my car. I don't want them throwing uh, bricks at my windows. I don't want them mistreating my children. I want laws in this country. All right. If I go and hang out with an anarchist, what part? What relationship are we going to have one with another? I believe in law and order, and he or she believes in complete chaos. I'm not going to hang out with someone like that. That's what the scripture is saying. Figure out what yoke. Are you yoked to something or someone that you need to break that yoke with? All right? And that doesn't just include people. Social media can be overly influencing your thoughts and your mind. You might need to break that yoke with entertainment and social media so that you can get free and be yoked with Jesus so that you can start experiencing this confidence and this gladness and this this joy that only comes from being yoked with him. Who knows? You might be... I don't know if anybody's dating somebody here but you better be dating the right people. <laughs> you better be going out with people that have the same godly eternal values that you have. All right? Make sure that you are and that you know I used to think that's just a message for young people until I saw somebody who was, you know, 60 plus dating an uh, somebody that was going to take him down the toilet. <laughs> I was like, well, that goes for everybody then. I guess, you know, we got to make sure That our partnering is with the right people. They're bringing us up and not bringing us down. It's going to happen at school, business affiliations, you name it. So we take Christ's yoke, the fullness of the Holy Spirit in our lives, and we start breaking the yoke of the world break the yoke. We know what that causes. It causes depression, emptiness, lack of satisfaction. I don't want that anymore. I want what only fills and I know that that's the spirit of God that that's Jesus. So in and uh, just some final thoughts here. Galatians 5:18, it says something really interesting. It says, "But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law." If you're led by the Spirit. Now this This statement here has things that we could talk about for hours, but I want to focus on just one and the word is led led by the Spirit And as you look at this this word led, it's not the way that you think it is All right, listen carefully Led means to bring or to carry All right, to be led of the Spirit means to be carried by the Spirit all right, so Sherry and Tito have a beautiful little daughter alessandra she She gets carried a lot of the places where she goes, <laughs> and you know what the spirit of God wants to carry you to to be led of the spirit is to let him carry you, and I'll never forget I heard this this message. it just really touched me, but that hundredth sheep that got away from the the uh group, whatever huh fold. the fold that's the word, yeah, got away from the fold ended up down some cliff, all right, the shepherd went and got that sheep, and it says the sheep repented, it's not, I mean, if you read the story through, there's repentance involved, and the repentance is this, the sheep consented to be carried, the sheep consented to be carried, when Jesus is trying to pick you up, let him pick you up, and don't roll around in your self-misery and, and self-absorption and say, Oh, God, why me? Oh. Say, no, Jesus, just pick me up. You know, I'm, I'm going to stop asking why all the time. I'm going to let you just pick me up and carry me. To be led of the Spirit, that yoke means God is just carrying you through life. He's carrying you all the way through. If you're striving, the Bible says stop striving and know that I am God. Stop working so hard, trying so hard, and let God do his work in you. Let him carry you. Deuteronomy 32.11. Man, I hit this one this week. It was so rich. And I'm going to mention it again next week. But in Deuteronomy 32.11 it says, He watches over his nest like an eagle. That's God. He watches over us like an eagle, hovering over his young. All right. He spreads his wing and catches them. He lifts them up on his pinions. I had to work up look up the word pinions because I wasn't sure what that meant. But it's referring to his wings. He lifts us up on his wings. Just take a deep breath and let God carry you and stop trying to control everything. Let God control your outcomes. Let Him control your difficulties and difficult situations. Let Him carry you. Focus on the yoke. The more you focus on God's sovereignty, His Spirit who loves you and cares so much for you, you will be carried through your difficulties. You will be carried through your difficulties. And I'll end with this scripture. Acts sixteen seven. it says, When they came to the border of Mysia, I believe is how you pronounce it, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them. Now, that's when the yoke takes control. The Spirit, listen to that. It didn't say the Holy Spirit. It didn't say the Spirit of God. It said the Spirit of Jesus, and it's the only place in the Bible where I've, I have been able to find reference to the Spirit of Jesus, but it shows the Holy Spirit is so much one with the Son of God, Jesus. It's His very own Spirit, come under the spirit of god and let and when he tells you no say okay i'm not going to do that then if he tells you yes then you believe it and you go through but but let the spirit of jesus carry you and guide you and direct you to where you need to be